You're a frequent traveler and you've been to China quite quite often. How valuable would it be for you to know this language? Good afternoon, Justin. I think it's very important, I mean, for, especially for those that are specializing on China-Africa relations and in particular on South Africa's engagement with China. It's important for, for experts, analysts, etc., including uh, people from the business sector, to have a handle on the language in order to understand the, some of the dynamics that come, come across in terms of the documentation, the policy perspectives, and more importantly, in order to also engage with your counterparts in a much more balanced way. So I think for, for, for me personally, it, it, it's a welcomed opportunity for, for our young uh, scholars and in particular uh, emerging uh, school leavers, etc., to be able to have a handle on this. And it's not necessarily against the trend, the global trend, where in countries like the U.S., like Australia, and even in India, for example, they have Chinese study centers where you have experts that have uh, knowledge of the language and are able to understand some of those policy do- uh, policy documents in terms of what does this mean in, in, in the context of impact of the relationship for our political economic issues, the social dynamics, etc. Because once you translate Mandarin into English, some of it gets lost in translation as with other languages. But Mandarin is a little bit of a harder language because it, it, it has different sounds, different pronunciations, different meanings. And so when you're doing translation, you're not always capturing the, the, the substance of what's going on at times. So I think for, for, for me personally, it's, a, it's an important avenue. And in particular, if you think about it as well, like Mandarin is one of the top three global languages that are being pursued uh, in, in, many, in many countries around the world. It's English, French, and now Mandarin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you have these, these kinds of spaces that are offering you the opportunity. And I think what the spokesperson said was quite right. It's not, an, it's not a mandatory kind of imposition that you have to, to learn Mandarin. It's a choice. People are given the choice of, of whether they want to take up Mandarin as a, as a second language option in addition to maybe Zulu. Uh, and that's something that is, is very, very instructive and, and, and pragmatic for the kind of foreign policy that we have at the moment. It's a, it's a very different playing field today as it was to the days that we were in school, Sanusha, because we were told English was the global business language. Is, is Mandarin now the new standard? Is this the, the next shift in languages? And, and are we offering our South African learners a key advantage in being able to learn this language now? Indeed, I think it is. I mean, we've seen these shifts happen uh, across the globe. And, uh, as I mentioned, you've seen countries like in Brazil, like our BRIC partners, uh, uh, India, in, 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 as well as, as Russia. All, uh, all of these uh, uh, so-called stakeholders are investing in this because they see the potential not just from a kind of government-to-government engagement, but also for the business sector. In fact, in the business sector itself, you have a lot of that encouragement by business uh, stakeholders encouraging their employees, encouraging their, 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 their individuals to go and pursue the language course, uh, especially now with uh, the, the unveiling and the rollout of Confucius Institutes in South Africa, where a lot of these Confucius Institutes are teaching basic Mandarin 101 to, to business people uh, because it helps with negotiations. I mean, the, the critical argument, though, today is from Satu saying this is an example of Chinese imperialism. Our listeners are also saying, what about forgetting our local languages like Khoisan or even recognizing sign language in our schools? While we admit we're living in this globalized world, Sinusha, how do we balance the debate here at home? Well, I think the, the, the fact of the matter is that it's a choice. And as a parent, as an individual, 
you can actually choose. You can choose Mandarin and you can choose another uh, local dialect, a local language. I think what is what I found also teaching at universities uh, for the last 15 years is that Students are also wanting to learn languages that will promote their career once they leave university in terms of the career paths that they choose. And most of them have chosen French because they want to go into either into an intergovernmental organization uh, or they want to work in, in, in a sector that will require them to have knowledge of some of these languages. So I think it's, it's, it's not necessarily an imperialism kind of argument to be made. I think we need to be a bit cautious around that, along those lines. But it's also giving people the choice to understand what is it that they want to achieve once they leave school. If most of our economic sphere is moving towards China and China becoming a big actor and a big player in the global economy and in global governance institutions, considering that they've now launched the, uh, the Asian Infrastructure Investment Bank. They're also sitting in, in, in very prominent positions in financial institutions like the World Bank and the IMF. It's about that engagement. It's about understanding. So, in, And even within the intergovernmental organizations, it's about being able to, to have that kind of knowledge to be mm-hmm. able to utilize it in a pragmatic way. And even if you look at countries like India, for example, which is another fascinating area, uh, they give their choice to their to, 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 to their schools. Uh, even in at the university level, a lot of those analysts and, and commentators and and, and uh, experts are basically having that comparative advantage over others in terms of ha- having their their embassies or, or their or their diplomatic missions in China staffed with people that understand the language, speak the language, write the language. And so you actually lessen your dependency on Chinese to come in and act as interpreters and language uh, interlocutors.